This episode of Date Night is supported by ED Wine Company. If you're located in Hamilton, Kitchener, Guelph, or the GTA, you need to check out ED Wine Company. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. Check them out on Instagram at edwineco or go to edwine.ca to sign up for either monthly delivery like Shane and I have or a single wine package. Whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off. Again, that's edwine.ca and ThisFamilyTree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane? Let's start date night! Let's do it! Hello everyone, you're here with Alex and Shane. So cozy on up. Pour a little beverage. And join us. us. (laughs) How was that? Well, every week we're going to say a new intro part on the music, and this week I let Alex do it. So I wasn't expecting this, so that was a little bit last minute, but h- how was it, Shane? It's date night. We're working out the kinks. I might have a new music this time. I don't know what the theme Ooh. song really is, the musical accompaniment, but I know we're going to speed this episode up a little bit. We're not going to be having me fumbling around with the cork like we were episode one. <laughs> And we're just going to pour the wine here. Let's what, do it. Yeah, we, Alex, we have it open, uh, getting some oxygen. So I think it's, I think it's ready to drink. Okay, tell us the wine, which <laughs> wine it is. Okay, we are drinking Beaujolais Villages. I don't know. Again, we are not French I didn't know French you were part Italian. French. <laughs> but it's a Beaujolais wine, and it is by Stéphane Avrion. Sound good? No. Stéphanie Avrion. Okay, you're just trying too hard to pronounce it right. That's uh, no and good. it was, it's a 2018 wine. And we learned last night, actually, that 2018 in France was a very hot year. Was it in France that that was a hot year? Mm-hmm. I thought she was just saying 2018 around here was a hot year. In France. Oh, and we learned that 2018 is the year that the grapes were plucked, not they were harvested. Harvested, not the year. That the wine is necessarily bottled. So mm-hmm. uh, the owner of ED Wines, Elizabeth Davies, we interviewed her the other day. It's going to be on an episode uh, coming up next, but we learned a lot. Yeah, we did. So Shane, let's let's do this. Let's give it a little swirl and get your nose in there. Cheers. Okay. So on the nose. So when I'm smelling it, and it's like the last smell before I am just about to take a sip. It is really sweet. Like it's like grape juice. But like pop, maybe a grape pop. Do you smell grape pop? It's very grapey. It's super grapey. But when I drink it, it doesn't taste no, super No, the grapey. smell is very grapey. It's, I was telling Alex, because uh, we were drinking this over dinner, and it was it was like a nostalgic feeling drinking it. I couldn't describe mm. it what it was. Maybe it was like a Welch juice box from when I was in elementary maybe. school. <laughs> which I loved, by the way. That was my favorite Same. juice box. But yeah, this is a, it, it has a... An unwiny smell, but a whiny taste. But, you know, honestly, I can't, I can't tell you. It's it's not super acidic. I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know all I the I feel those tannins too. working. So we learned last night that the tannins are what makes your mouth or your gums, your teeth kind of sometimes feel like the liquid is getting sucked out of it when Dry, you're drinking yeah. wine. Well, man, I don't know. I, can you give any predictions? Like this, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have a cherry okay, flavor. Okay, we each to it. have to give one prediction, no matter how wrong it is. I said grapey. Well, it doesn't count. We both said grapey. Hold on. Well, we can have the same opinion. Alex has gone into a meditative state right now. <laughs> She's looking back, pretending she knows more than she does. Hey, I'm just trying to get in touch with my senses here. Okay, Shane always says cherry. I'm uh, I'm gonna say cherry. I do not 
really taste cherry. But really ripe cherry. This is the first time I do not taste cherry, so I'm going to disagree with you there. See, I'm tasting really ripe cherry. It's like a little bit tart, but mostly fruity. Okay, I'm going with my gut here, and I'm going to say cranberry. Okay, and what if I say gravel? When you say gravel, are you saying it gravel, like, not gravel? Yeah. Sorry, gravel. You did that yesterday when we <laughs> when we were talking to the Somali. You were like, "It tastes like gravel." Gravel. It, yeah. Like crushed up rocks. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I knew what you're trying to say. Okay, so there's a hefty note that goes with this one. So it says, "Usually, I get a little bit nervous about a wine labeled Beaujolais Village. Why is that?" Well, village village means that it's made from grapes from all over the region. And Beaujolais has 10 crus, which is a subregion, probably saying that wrong, which have been deemed to produce higher quality grapes. So when wine comes from a specific region, it's usually an indicator of better quality. So why is she not nervous about this specific village wine? Well, there's a few cool Can you reasons. just say village? Village wine. Okay. You said village. You're really getting caught up in this, Alex. <laughs> so why am I not nervous about this village wine? Well, there's a few cool reasons. So first, the grapes in this wine are sourced from the Lodit of Les Montieux. There's no English way to say that. Lodit is I'm a still region. annoyed. It doesn't. <laughs> Lodit is a region that has been agreed upon that makes superior grapes, but it hasn't officially been put into the wine law yet. So that's cool. So I feel like, you know, we're learning about some up and coming region here. And number two, the grapes come from 50 year old vines. So they're well established. And thirdly, the producer, Stephanie Aviron, puts out beautiful wines. So enough of the nerdy stuff. Getting into taste. We're tasting, I'm taking a bow, cherry. Cherry's in all of them, I've realized. It's the biggest <laughs> cheat move. We're tasting, For the no, people at really. home, if you don't know what to say when tasting wine, say cherry, you're going to be right at least 98% of the time. But like we learned, it could be ripe cherry, it could be not ripe cherry, okay, and well, I tasted ripe it? cherry. It doesn't say, but oh. I bet it's that. <laughs> Next is cranberry, also a cheat move. But yeah, I get... it's not a cheat move. Oh, get out of here. Cranberry's not in all it of them. It was in our wine last night. So? Okay, moving on. Mineral, that's a new one. Hold on. Do you taste minerals? Well, couldn't minerals be a variety of things? Aren't there like many types of minerals? I failed Hold chemistry on. and all that. Would that be the gravel? Stop. That's a stretch. Now you're just trying no, to... No, I'm wondering if that mineral taste would be like a rocky, gravelly taste. Wait, is that exactly the other thing I said moments ago? <laughs> it could be. <gasps> Shane, I'm going to ask if that has the same taste. Next is pomegranate. And then finally, violet, which I don't know what violet tastes like. I don't even know what violet Isn't smells like. Isn't that just a the crayon flower. color? Okay. The flower. Yeah, I, I look at it as a color, though, not a tasteable thing. Okay. But it does say that this is such a food-friendly wine and pairs well with an array of food from fish dishes to beef, and it can stand along all of them. And Shane and I had for dinner tonight, we had smoked boar in this beautiful pasta dish and i then, was cooking all day <laughs> and we had a meatball sub so we shared two dishes and the wine went so well with it like it paired beautifully i agree. i don't really know a bad wine pairing but i'm trying to learn here maybe you can all go on this adventure with us and learn yeah. i don't know but it's a real fun ho hobby for me I wonder if it'll taper off if we ever get out of quarantine. But for now, this is one of the things I really enjoy doing and Shane, learning. So we're saving all the labels of the wines that we like. And then at the end of the year, we're going to buy them all. And we're going to have like, you know, a party over the Christmas holidays. Is this a label that we save? Well, like you said last time, last date night, we have to, we'll know at the end. Okay. I really liked the last date wine wine. See, I really like this one. Okay. But the last one was like bubbly and... 
I know, but maybe too bubbly for me. I think I like this one better. So you put that in there just because I no, liked it? No, no, no. I really liked it too. But I'm just saying, I think I like this no, one better. No, I think this is a great one. Okay, so now we're going to get into the episode. I had a question off the top about dates. Like okay. I'm keeping it date themed for the first couple of these. Do you get annoyed that it's so much more work, presumably for a woman to get ready for a date than a man? Yeah, when I was younger, 100%. I think these days I've really got down my makeup routine like I'd say between four and six minutes. So really I don't find that there to be a huge difference anymore because you know you put your little beard stuff in or your mustache oil and quaff your hair just so. But I'm wearing I think, a toque right now. <laughs> but I think that it is more even. Had you asked me ages ago like I would spend two hours getting ready to go anywhere but don't you like having the upper hand of knowing that oh i look better than this person yeah but today like i didn't do my hair or anything today i just put on a little bit of makeup and put on a nicer outfit than i was wearing during the day but you know i still went for comfort to your point of having the upper hand and just feeling good i i I feel good anytime i put on a little mascara it's like a bit of a superpower in a bottle okay Yeah. What about you? Do you feel like a little bit down knowing that you're likely not the best looking one sitting down for a date when we have our date nights? Well, until you, Alex, (laughs) I always was. And then when you walked in, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. That's how I knew it was true love. When you get the girl out of your league, try to uh, marry her. That's my advice for all the fellas. Actually, yeah, that's terrible advice. What if she has a bad personality? There you go. Terrible personality. You actually had both. Thank you. There's a moment of uh, me being earnest here. I have, you know what, I know you have things lined up, but I have a confession. Man, that scares me a little bit. What is well, it? What'd you it do? was a little bit scary. So earlier this week, I almost burned our house down. I know that. Okay. So I was steaming potatoes for uh, Betty and Lucy. Who and are you confessing this to? You. Just wait. It's coming. Okay. <laughs> so I was steaming potatoes for Betty and Lucy. I was using a different pot than I normally use. And the water had evaporated out of it during the steaming process. Whereas in my other pot, it takes way longer for this to happen. So then the steamer itself started to cook and started to melt. And it was this disgusting thing. Our house filled up with toxic smell, smoke, whatever. And it was horrible. Uh, It took so long for us to get the smell out. I had to evacuate the girls. But everything was okay. I was not evacuated. Well, you had work to do. Okay. I was getting very dizzy if that was considered a job. Yeah. Anyhow, my confession, I feel, you know, more comfortable doing it on date night because we're a little loose. We're a little more lovey-dovey. I almost did it again yesterday. I don't know if you noticed a burning smell yesterday, but I was trying to actually boil a pot of uh, cinnamon and cloves and water to make the house smell good. But I turned on the wrong burner and I didn't realize that there was the lid to the pot that I ruined the other day sitting on one of the burners. And I was cooking that lid for about 10 minutes and it started to burn, which is when I realized it. And then I took it outside with oven mitts and threw it in the snow at to which point it just exploded like all the glass. And it was a really scary situation. So... (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. Well, Alex, you know how angry I would get about that off mic. (laughs) Not that I think you're going to get angry, but I've been nervous to tell you because I'm embarrassed that that happened twice this week. And it's like, I feel like I'm getting better at other things and like getting better in other aspects, like brain wise. But 
in these stupid little mistakes that I've never made before this week, I've now made twice in like three days. Is that why you've been so down this week? Because you've been down. You've been talking to me about feeling down, which is scary for me because normally you're not down. No, I think, you know, I was down a little bit about the fact that you and I can't go out and do something and like, really, what's it called when you, you go out and have a good time? Boogie? Boogie. Well, I'd love to boogie, but like uh, you, you go and not paint, painting the town red is one of those, but it's an old timey phrase. I'll think of it eventually. Rock our socks off. <laughs> painting the town red was sufficient. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm kind of bummed that we can't do that. And, you know, just to get the break from our house, because our house is, it is daycare. Smelling of burning it's pots. It's cool. It smells of burning pots. It's parenting. It's work. And it's our, you know, romantic time too. So it yeah. would just be nice to be able to get out of the house for romantic time. Yeah. And that's like, that's hard. It's weird that when people say our house smells like pot, they're referring to the burning, <laughs> burning pots and pans. It's a dad joke, I guess. I wanted to, what? So I'm sticking with the date theme here for a second. So mm-hmm. bear with me. What is your best date experience? Oh, geez. Preferably with me, because like, <laughs> what, like you look like you're staring off <laughs> thinking about other men. <laughs> okay, I'll bring it back down. You were, no, weren't I'm you? I'm joking. I was. You weren't not. joking. You have no ability to Shane, joke. I would, Alex. No, I, I wasn't. I swear to God. I swear to everything okay. that is holy. Continue. I've had no good dates with other men. Mark that down. It's true. But my best date experience with you. Oh, there's a lot. But I think our early dates always have such a memorable and like a, a, a sentimental place for me because they were so funny and we we're still getting to know each other. But I think we were both being so authentically ourselves and just kind of putting it all on the table. And it was just so much fun to just spill every little thing about me and, you know, still go home with you after the date and like still be in love and, you know, know where this was going. Like on our second date, we we're at, what was that barbecue place in Toronto? Electric barbecue. Yes, we were there and we were sharing a table because they have communal tables and we were sharing a table with another couple and they were on their first or second date and they were being like so nervous to ask and answer questions and just like so polite and you and I like it seemed like we knew each other for years and we were just like making raunchy jokes and you know telling inside jokes that we already had I guess and just little the, things the like move that from uh, the dumb and dumber dream sequence at one point what I do where Jim Carrey throws his legs over his head and lights <laughs> And I was like, this Lights girl. Lights the fart on fire? Yeah, I didn't want to say that. But I was like, this girl is a keeper. <laughs> but I remember the couple beside us that we were sharing the table with. They were like, oh, like how long have you guys been together? And we were like, oh, this is our second date. And they were like floored. They probably broke up after that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Oh, at the time I was like, this makes us look so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then my other favorite was our third date. So, cause we were switching cities, you know, you came to Hamilton for the first one that I'm in Toronto, you came back to Hamilton, but I had no money because I had just gotten back from a trip to Portugal, which I booked last minute just, you know, to get out. Cause I had an ex-boyfriend and everything. Just I just wanted to get out of you. town. <laughs> so I came back and I think that I had honestly $16 to my name. Like it was, it was really brutal because I'd been away all summer traveling and I hadn't been working. So I had like $16 to my name and I wanted to take Shane out on a date. So we went out for one glass of night. I must've had more than that. Maybe I had 36, but we went out for one nice glass of wine 
at Two Black Sheep, which was a really nice wine and oyster bar. And then I had this like huge idea to have like a grand adventure, but with only a little bit of money. And then after a nice glass of wine, we walked down to the pier, which was like a 45 minute walk from where we were. And then I got us burgers from Hutch's, which were like, I don't know, six bucks each. And we were walking around the pier. We were sitting at picnic tables, watching the sun go down. And it was so much fun. Fun for you, Alex. When we were eating our burger, though, one of my old students was there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he was uh, an Eddie Haskell-esque character, I'll call him. Yes. So, uh, yeah, this student was... He is a character. What, he's he got to be calling me a tool. He kept calling. So he's got to be in his twenties now. But he kept calling you an effing tool, and he yeah. goes, "Miss, why are you out with this effing tool?" <laughs> not, not like whispering to Alex. Like he wasn't like, "Hey, why are you out with this effing tool?" In front of me, in front of everyone, he's like, "This guy's a tool. <laughs> What's up with this effing tool?" And you can't really do anything to a minor. So I'm just <laughs> or like, one of my and I don't want to be uh, violent or angry on the second date. Not that I ever <laughs> would be to anyone, but I just had to laugh it off. And then I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, I do kind of look like a tool. I'm like trying too hard because it's like our third date. <laughs> like my jeans are probably too tight. My shirt's probably too tight. And I felt like an effing tool. Well, you weren't. The kid was, you know... I hope it you was gave kind him a detention. En- it was no, it was he was kind of endearing in the way that you know he was looking out, but you were not a tool. That was one of my favorite dates, and that experience only kind of adds to it. Like I, I just thought it was such a funny, you know, my worlds collided there for a second. It was just it was very funny. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What's one of your favorite dates? So I was gonna, of us? I was going to say the date recently, somewhat recently, uh, pre-COVID times, where we went to a brewery called Merritt. Mm. And we drank a few beers. Then we went to see a movie called Beach Bomb, which is a terrible movie. Matt McConaughey. So, yeah, it was our big date night. So we had a few beers, went to see the movie. And then after the movie, we're like, oh, my goodness, such a good date night. Let's go back. <laughs> we look at our watch. It's like 8.50. We're like, oh, my goodness. It's not even 9 o'clock. Let's go back down to the area where we were at the brewery. And let's get some more beers. We ended up going to this cool little hole-in-the-wall bar. It's called The Brain. It was very awesome vibe. Like, it's probably the best vibe in Hamilton. Had a beer there. And we're like, let's go dancing. And then we just ended up going to this little dance club down the street from this hole-in-the-wall bar. It's the best. Shaolin. Shaolin. I hope it still exists after COVID. Me That's too. the best place. Oh my God. But no one was on the dance floor. <laughs> and they're all kids, too. Like Shane and I are old parents who... You know, we were possibly going to go home at like 9 p.m. Yeah, these are young kids looking to like hook up and stuff, like (laughs) whatever people are doing at a bar. But luckily, the DJ is about, at the time, he was about 67, (laughs) 70 years old. And he's got an energy straight out of a movie, but he only plays like the hip music, like Post Malone. And, you know, he's playing all the awesome. One of the cool things, too, about it it, that you can't leave out, he's got the video screen behind him. The video screen, yeah. But he also has a drum set (laughs) that he plays. So he's playing the drums while he's DJing. And he has like a Britney Spears microphone. (laughs) And he says like little funny comments. And then you get to do requests. Yeah. Like, so you walk up and you request. And we were embarrassed because what was the song we wanted to request? Oh, we wanted to play White Iverson because that was our wedding song. Oh, yeah, White Iverson. That was our first dance song. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the song yeah, at our wedding that we played. So we asked him for White Iverson. He kind of looks at us because it's a slower song for a club. 
but we're the only people on the dance floor. So he's like, okay. And he kind of makes fun of us. Like he made fun of us. He, oh, he, he did. We um, were like dancing, dancing. Oh, go, I'm trying to be funny. And then I'm like luring people on the floor. And literally two minutes later, the whole floor was popping with people. We broke the ice to the dance floor. And it, there's no better feeling in the world. No, that was amazing. And then we also requested, because he plays the music videos for each song as it's playing, um, Downtown. Yes, Downtown. <laughs> and we were just marveling at how great Macklemore's video for Downtown was. So we took it a time to like just sit down and watch the music video. And we were just so happy and we're watching everyone dance. And then we just got up and got even funkier. Oh, we got so funky. And that was one of the best times. I'm so glad that we were able to, because that was right before I got pregnant with Betty. And I'm just so glad that we were able to do that a few times because we had a few really good ones. Because, you know, I didn't know COVID was going to happen. We didn't know that we were going to be in this crazy quarantine pandemic. So I feel like we really, you know, got to shake a lot of sillies out in that time before Betty. Well, the funny part is, too, we leave and we're like, what a night. I look at my watch. It's like 1110. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. People are just getting to this club. Like, no wonder no one was dancing on the floor. <laughs> like, maybe we didn't even start it. Maybe it was just Babe, because we started we it. Did, we, we started did. it. You're right. Oh, OK. So pretty that... sure everybody was high fiving us and buying us drinks or. Yeah, I think someone <laughs> did buy us a drink. We have one of your friends there. Mm. But okay, so that's what I was going to say. But then I got you started bringing up the early days of dating, and we had our fifth date in Hamilton because for the third we had the moonshine date. Yep. The fourth we went back to Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Oh, do you know what happened on that one? Diarrhea. Yeah, pop, pop. not a favorite for either one of us. Shane got diarrhea. You liked that though, like in a fun. <laughs> I'm not saying you like diarrhea, but you, I liked to take care of you. And yeah, like, you I, thought it was interesting. Well, I like to be like, oh hey, like I'm I'm here through the diarrhea, but mm. you were all embarrassed and like. You were having a hard time. But you had like the sweats and stuff. I wasn't that embarrassed. I was like... But Shane got food poisoning. Yeah, you seemed like you liked it. So I was like, oh, this is kind of a funny, quirky story. (laughs) But back... Okay, back to Hamilton for date five because we did date four in Toronto. And we went to Baltimore House in Hamilton. Yes. Another club that doesn't exist. Pour it out for the homie. (laughs) (laughs) No one sounds nerdier saying that than you. That sounded nerdy. You sound like the guy in uh, Sorry to Bother You when he's doing white person voice. Well. Pour one out for the homie. (laughs) I can't argue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but so we're at at Baltimore House and we're playing like a game they have. We're having some drinks. We're not eating. It's just like a fun drinking night. And, And they have like, they had all these board games and stuff. It was a really cool place. And then all of a sudden I see this other guy who I used to be friends with, with my ex girlfriend. But I didn't really know him very well. And I was like, that guy had a different girlfriend the last time I saw him, too. He's like, yeah, we broke up, and now I'm on my uh, third date. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm on my fifth date. (laughs) So he's a lawyer, so he saddles up to us, and we're playing, like, Trivial Pursuit or the Newlywed Game or something. And then we start getting more drinks, and I'm like, oh, this is getting a little pricey. You know, Alex has no money, so because I'm making her pay still. No, no, because it was your Hamilton date, right? It was me paying. And you didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't want to seem like, you know, hey, it's let the man pay. So the guy goes, don't worry, my law firm with a bar is across the street. So we go over to the law firm, start drinking. It's an open bar. He opened up a fridge just full of Heineken's. Yeah. Talk like, about a bar exam. <laughs> nah, I, don't, I don't even know. That, that doesn't make, make sense. Point is, it was um, 
a rooftop mm-hmm. area. So we got to drink and overlook Hamilton, yeah, which, which is a beautiful view. Well, unfortunately, over a year later, we found out that that guy ended up getting cancer. And I'm not sure how he's doing right now, but yeah. I, I hope it's well. Well, it's funny that, you know, he's always got this place in our memory now and like such a fond memory, not only in our relationship, but just like as a cool random guy that we met. Yeah. So that was my first one. We went off on a a lot. Okay, now I wanted to talk about our most cringe date experiences. And this doesn't have to be with me, by the way. But let's protect people's names and keep it as vaguey as possible. And it can involve me, if you like. The most cringe date experience. Yeah. Okay, so I thought that I didn't really have any cringy dates at, you know, the first thought. But then as I sit here thinking about it, I can think of too many cringy dates. So I'm not going to, you know, talk about the only blind date I went on with just some total bro or the time a guy tried to lock me in his car. That's not cringy. That's just scary uh, and awful. But there is a time. So I was staying in Nice, France. All right. So this is was when I was traveling not long after you actually messaged me because you found my ID. But I was in Nice, France. So just a little backstory there. Before Alex and I went on our first date, I found her ID on the ground. Like three years before. Yeah, three years before our first date. I just happened to find her ID on the ground. So I messaged her on Facebook and she just said, oh, thanks. And you thought I was a bartender or something. Yeah. So it was was around that time, like within weeks. And uh, so the Cannes Film Festival was going on and that's just a little train right away from Nice. So I was like, oh man, this is so cool. Like, does anybody here want to go with me? Like, I just want to go check it out. Like I'm in a hostel. None of my clothes are nice enough for that. Like I've been traveling for a month straight. I'm a dirty traveler at this point. Okay. So then this Australian guy who is kind of showing interest to me prior to this, he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll take you mate. And uh, that's my Australian accent. I understand that. Okay. The word mate, mate <laughs> was the big clue. <laughs> Otherwise, nobody would know. So he offers to go with me. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I, I'm thinking that this is going to be just, you know, a cool friend thing. So we decide to meet up at, you know, whatever time and take the train. But he shows up with like some crappy flowers from the nearest store, which is really cute. And I was kind of taken with that at the time uh but it was it really lame and then, that's not a good move to the, show up with flowers a great move however this was not supposed to be a date so on one hand i was like kind of taken that he showed up with the flowers it was really sweet but on the other hand i was like oh crap very presumptuous like, he thinks that this is more than a friend's date you know what i mean yeah and i had put out the offer to everybody in the hostel he was just the only one that wanted to go so we go we're walking around of course, we're not going to go to any movies. Like, we're wearing flip-flops and beach clothes. Yet, this old rich guy comes and he goes, Hey, do you kids want tickets to this movie called Rust and Bone with... Jennifer Mar- Lawrence? No, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Marianne Cotillard and um, Matthias, whatever that guy's name is. You know him. I like him. I forget his name. What's he from? Rust and Bone. <laughs> Alex, besides Rust and Bone. No, he's from um, Far From the Madden Crowd as well. Oh, okay. I know what the guy... You love that movie. Continue. <laughs> this, this guy and the Highlander guy really upset me. And uh, so anyhow, it's a movie with these two and they're at the premiere. It's a huge red carpet event at the Cannes Film Festival. So I was like, 
I didn't think that they were actual tickets, but I was like, yes, please. And like, you know, we're going to try our hand to see if we can actually get on the red carpet because it's the premiere. They let us on. The ticket people take our tickets and we are walking down the red carpet with the celebs. Wait, wait. In why, our beach clothes. Why do people going to see the movie get to walk on a red carpet where press are supposed to interview celebrities? No, it was like a different red carpet. It was like the oh, red carpet. Oh, it just carpet. happened to be a red carpet. No, it was like for the like rich and famous people that were attending the movie, like the screening of the movie. Okay. So it was like, I don't know. I think the famous people were there too. There was press on it. Did you get interviewed? No. Mm. Nobody shamed. Like we looked like but that might, slobs. That might make you look more famous because somebody who's really rich doesn't need to try hard. Oh, well then we were incredibly rich anyhow we're like walking around okay like trying to make our way into this grand like this movie theater is right on the beach it's like an old opera house type thing like there's you know those like gilded balconies and everything like we were sitting in one of those gilders i call them but (laughs) but on our way in this australian guy is just like just being the world's most kindly vulgar brute like can he's i like, have an example of that please he's like picking his nose shane he like he <laughs> <laughs> i thought you meant language wise no well he was swearing and stuff when we were inside and i'm like trying to like make up for the fact that i'm wearing a beach dress and sandals how and, do like, you make up for that i don't know by talking in like really elevated language okay but he was swearing and stuff once we were inside and but when we were walking on the carpet he picked his nose hmm. and i could i didn't know him well enough to be like what the hell are you doing so I just kind of like tried to distance myself with him. But he thought we were on a date. So it was this like awful thing because I'm on a date against my will with a nose picker on a red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival. This is like dream date with you, babe. Like yeah, you I, and I, 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 I this is it. like our dream date. And I'm I, with a nose picker in a cutoff like he was wearing like a white tank top, like one of those shirts that has a bad name. I'm not going to say it. The wife herders. Yeah. Yeah. He was wearing one of those. And that was my date to the Cannes Film Festival. A nose picker. That was cringy. It's cringy even in my memory. I think I tried to block it out. One question. Yes. Was he picking his nose? Well, it looked like it. I'm kidding. Just you, you, <laughs> you said nose picker like 30 I thought times. you were going to do the Seinfeld. Like, was it a scratch? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was curious to that. Did you give him a sympathy, not, not sympathy, um, pity peck? Did I give him a pity peck? Yeah. <sighs> I probably, probably. And our most cringeworthy date with between you and I was probably the date where we went to, what's it called? Mexi- the Mexican place. Mexican? No, Mesa. No, in Toronto. Oh my gosh, Shane. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Shane and I were, oh my gosh, way to bring that up. Okay, so we were on a date in Toronto. Again, this was in like that first 10 date range, right? Mm-hmm. And we are sitting there. It's like the coolest electric. No. No, it's called. Uh, oh. I know. It's on the tip of my tongue. Owned by the same people as Electric Barbecue. Yeah. Electric Mud Barbecue, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there and having a great time so far. And then shane's ex long-term girlfriend walks in with her new boyfriend and they are seated at the table beside us it was like three feet away but it was still the table it's it's that toronto seating where although you're not at the same table you might as well because your shoulders are literally (laughs) touching each other and then shane gets a phone call which he says is from work it was from work and he disappears into the bathroom for half an hour a half hour so now his yeah better so his ex-girlfriend her current boyfriend 
are just kind of like staring at me. They're like trying not to make it obvious. And I'm just kind of sitting there acting like it's cool and acting like I know what's going on. Shane's not coming out. So I'm like, oh my God, like I hope he's okay. So I go down to the bathroom. That was the first time you ever got mad at me. But yeah, well, good hey. thing. So I'm trying to act like, you know, I was cool and I knew what was going on. But yeah, Shane, that was the first time, like you said, that I got mad at you. Because you freaking deserved it. You didn't tell me. Like, if you told me, oh, Alex, like, this is a big time work thing and you had to go and take it, I'd understand. But I thought you were running away from your ex-girlfriend. And I was like, what? A baby. Like, this guy is such a pansy. You know I ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> what do you think they thought of us? They probably thought it was a pansy. and Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel bad about that, and I handled that wrong, and it was an awkward situation, and maybe I hung on that work call on a subconscious level a little longer because <laughs> no of that reason. Okay, but that was our cringe stories. Okay, this is um, we're getting quite a lot of content out of these first few questions here. Just do one more and save the rest for next time. Okay. Okay. What would? Oh, okay, I have two here. Oh, we'll see how they goes. Okay. For $10,000, would you take it? You get the money right away. It's in cash, tax-free, mm -hmm. but I'm one inch shorter. Yeah, I don't care about that. That might bother me a little bit. Oh, I don't care about your feelings. You don't? Seriously? <laughs> but when would you notice that you were an inch shorter? Like you're never... When I'm playing basketball. I'm a basketball player. You know I like touching the rim. Yeah, but are your arms still long or are they an inch shorter too? They're an inch shorter also. Well, sorry, babe. Learn how to be a point guard. So height is not important to you? No. Really? Really. I could be 5'3"? To a degree. So here's the thing. And What's I, the I'm, shortest you would go? Probably an inch or two shorter than me. Okay. Well, all right. So 5'5 five, five is as short as you go? 5'6". Five, 5'6". Six. Five, six. Okay. Moving on. Everything about me is the exact same, except I look exactly like Paul Newman. Do you take that opportunity? And you have to be honest, or one of our children get injured terribly. So you look like Paul Newman? Yes, I'm taking that. Alex. What? That hurts me. <laughs> what? I thought for a second when you first asked in my brain, because I thought it was supposed to, like you were supposed to look like somebody who isn't, you know, classically handsome. And I thought you said Randy Newman. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that is? He sings all this Toy Story songs? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. thought you said Randy Newman. So that's why I had to think about it for a second. But then I realized you said Paul Newman. Yeah, you really jumped on that question. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine how bad you would have been hurt if you gave me the Natalie Portman scenario. And I went, of course I'd prefer you. Like, there was no money. No, there was no financial said, incentives you, either in she, that you question. You said something about our kids. You brought in the kids. The second the kids no, no, are involved, listen, I have to you, answer. I said, if you lie to me... The children get hurt. So I was saying, be honest. Oh, okay, I wasn't wait. saying I have to look like Paul Newman. And if I don't, the children get hurt oh, because that's... we would do anything. Are you just making this up now? No. Like you miss her. <laughs> so I just got excited that I realized it was Paul Newman over Randy Newman. Paul Newman is one of my all time favorite, you know, silver screen foxes. Okay. So now that you understand the question a little bit better, <laughs> I I'm still me, you know, still lovable Shane. Except my face, unfortunately, now looks like Paul Newman's. Uh-oh. <laughs> do, do you say, hey, I'm going to stay with Paul Newman here and change personality? Or, why, is my face that bad? No. 
<laughs> I'm just confused about it. So it's like, on one hand, I get your face that I love. And on the other hand, I get Paul Newman's face that I love. It's like, what's the downside? Well, that some people might consider me uglier than Paul Newman. <laughs> very small contingent of people you know people with poor eyesight it's a win-win i can't there's nothing wrong with this scenario okay so you're just picking a tie well you you already have the paul newman face what does that mean like you said if you're the same but you have paul newman's face would i stick by you no no alex let's understand the question you have to sacrifice this face you're looking at right for Paul Newman. It's like the movie Face Off. I get it. <laughs> okay. Can so you have I, Paul Newman's brain? So, so, <laughs> sorry. So I have the option of doing Face Off with Paul Newman's face or keeping your face. Okay. When I stomp on your foot, Alex. Yes. That's okay, it. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, I keep your face. <laughs> you sounded like the mom from Shit's Creek on that. One. I keep your face, Shane. <laughs> All right. Okay. I love your face. I love you too. What a great date night episode. Let's have a little bit more of this wine. There is some left. There that's is, a yeah. that's great news. And we got in a terrible fight over Scrabble last time, so we're not playing that. We're gonna play Django, okay? All right, let's do it. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening to Date, date Night. night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll get it figured out, people. Thank you. Bye.